No, I just didn't do this one on Periscope. Oh, okay. Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by BetSperts. Welcome to The Deep Dive. Happy Monday. It's a, it's what, two weeks out from the draft, uh, so yeah. we're getting interesting, of course, as they always do. Uh, key, just... just not overthink things, you know. Yeah. I already got a lot of positions that I'm very happy about. Numbers yeah. in, you know, numbers in my favor all over the place. We just got to kind of continue to add where we see value as we kind of flesh in the picture, paint the picture as we get pro, you know, approach draft weekend here. Um, but before getting too far into this, it's worth mentioning uh, the uh, the the folks that power our podcast, Bet Spurts, uh, as you see on Andy's lovely sweatshirt there. They're hiring. Uh, Good call. I don't know if I would have remembered that. Yes, we yeah, are definitely. I hiring. retweeted it. Andy tweeted about it today. Um, they continue to grow. Uh, I think this summer, as we work our way towards football season, is going to be uh, a period of growth for the Spurts. And uh, yeah, they they are looking for people who are interested in working in the gaming, you know, gambling space. And uh, if that fits your description, um, give those you know give those options a look. Yeah, I retweeted it. Maybe I'll pin it like on the deep dive account or something, but it is uh, somebody to handle, you know, social media manager slash technical producer, somebody who can produce some video, somebody who can edit some video, someone who can take some of that added video and work it into a social media branding plan. So this is a full-time ass position. This person probably going to make more than me. This is a yeah. very important position. <laughs> and so uh, if you, you know, if you're interested in that, um, you know, if, if you can't find the details, reach out to me. I'll get you the details. It will be posted on Indeed and other job sites. But uh, Or if you just know somebody who's looking into getting into the gambling industry that has that skill set, obviously send them our way. We'd be uh, more than happy to talk to some people. We're definitely excited to add someone smart. And, uh, like, you can't, in hiring, you can't, like, say age. Like, oh, I'm looking for someone young or old. But, like, they have to be good at social media. So probably someone younger than me. Because I don't understand how to make Instagram work. Like it just, I can't make ours look cool like other people's. So hopefully, uh, hopefully somebody we find uh, the perfect person, and maybe yeah. it's you, listener. Yeah, this is a job that didn't exist when we came out of college, man. <laughs> this wasn't yeah. a thing. <laughs> so it jumps uh, to tweet. <laughs> That's what it is. It's incredible, man. What a world. Um, but yeah, no, let's, uh, let's talk about the draft and some of the developments here real quick off the top before we get into today's evergreen topic, which has to do with markets as well. Um, but you know, I think there is a tendency to overreact both positively and negatively to what you're seeing in the market. Uh, and there are a couple of things with the draft market in particular, I think are worth kind of keeping front of your mind. Um, you know, that we've been stumping hard mostly just because Mac Jones third overall and trading up all those assets didn't make sense to me. We've been something hard that it's not going to be Mac at three and I'm exposed pretty aggressively at this point that it is going to be fields. And if it's Lance, then tough shit, 
for me, I guess. But um, you know, it's it's uh, it's it was rewarding late last week to see the market really shift and yeah. to really. I mean, don't you have it both ways? You you have some you have some fields third, but you also have some Mac over three and a half. So like yeah, that's way smaller if, though. If it, oh, so much it, smaller. Okay, I, I tried to balance it a little because I, I there like was nowhere it, to bet it that if, that much though. Like no one had limits up when it, that prop was up. The three and a half. I could only find it for like hundred bucks on Bookmaker. I think there was a couple places eventually. It's, oh, it has something we we we've pissed. Well, and it was kind of a a gradual ramp up and then all of a sudden this shit just hit the fan like you know you had your tweet complaining about it rightfully so because nobody had props up and nobody had props with anything over like 50 bucks and then um all of a sudden it was like all right a couple places here a couple places there the legal book started to go nuts and then circa came and slapped it on the table with you know big limits on everything and now it feels like now there's like a floodgate it's the market is fully open for business on this so i guess let's kind of remember this like somewhere in the two week to 10 day range is where it really i think maybe Getting to know it, it's silly to say this because, like, you know, we talk about how to how to read the NFL market, understanding when limits go up, understanding when certain actors enter the market. Like, this is only once a year, but this is still useful information. If you're if you're looking to get down or get down bigger, you should know. Like, you're not going to be able to place some of these bets three weeks out. It's ten to fourteen days from the draft. That's kind of when everything does ramp up, and you got to realize it's like, you know things might move you might not be able to get the positions you want but would you rather have you know a smaller edge at a tenth of the stake or a medium edge or a you know a smaller edge at your full stake you kind of have to make some decisions based on that and yeah the it would be nice for it to be fields but if it were lands i guess at least it's not mac and you know money aside I guess it would just feel to be good to be right about it not being Mac because we've argued with a few people about this. Sure, <laughs> like sure. just just a brain equity. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. So let's but let's talk about something real quick. So it is, and you, I saw it again with the field stuff last week. Like the, there is a cult, there is like an information cycle overreaction to seeing prices change that does not reflect reality. Right. You've you, you remember you remember. You remember how easy it was to move lines at five dimes? Yeah. Because they, they allowed rebets and the limits were low. And they had a, just an algorithm that was basically if you bet blank at, a, at the limit, then it moved blank cents. And you could sit there and just boom, 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 boom on like hot dog props. Or until um, you're out of money, like you, you just yeah, do you it until just it was there like, and oh. move. Right. And, you know, is someone going to do that without um, meaningful information? Probably not. But uh, it takes so little uh, money to move these information markets um, that sometimes it is off. You, you will catch some overreactions. You will. Um, and similarly, like Andy has mentioned a billion times and I have mentioned a billion times and you should etch this as rule number one in your gambling portfolio. If you make rules, shop around for price because oh there is no Don Betts odd screen for draft props, which means everything that these guys are doing, hanging new props, adjusting existing props is all manual hard work where they got to go in there and kind of keep an eye on what everybody else has got. If somebody's getting hit one place and they move that line, they, you know, they got to do it all manually. It's not all automated the way it is 
with a normal NFL game in the Don Best screen. So it's it, it, it you can absolutely shop around. You can find arbitrage galore if you feel like it. Although the limits aren't high enough to really make that worth your while, I wouldn't guess. Um, but more, realistically, more of trying to hit middles, like yeah, sure. It, because if you have reasonable juice on both sides, like you are looking at some twenty to one kind of uh you know 20 or a little less if you can get or minus 15 but yeah there there are some ways to get 20 to 1 or or better if you can mix an over under with a, some sort of prop like you had suggested earlier on the timeline and yeah i did see that too like uh not in virginia there are some states that aren't allowing us to bet on the draft and that's uh, i guess minnesota's one of them i drive to iowa if i want to bet on drafting so yeah um, yeah, Pennsylvania as well. So hopefully by next year they get some of that stuff sorted out and figure out that like you're just losing a bunch of handle by not letting people bet on this. Like, yeah, go ahead, let us do it. Hot dog contest drafts, put them on the board. Yep. Yeah. Um, the uh, yeah the <laughs> the other kind of point I wanted to mention with all this, you know, besides the fact that these are low limit information markets that get you know, they get moved around with uh you know relatively uh you know sometimes fake out action sometimes real action and uh and really like you can't read into fields going plus 350 number three overall to minus 150 and say that oh it's a done deal like that's literally yeah. just we were pushing the number around. <laughs> like, oh, they, yeah, cl- no, closing line yeah. value, and it, the market hasn't closed yet, so it's not closing line value, but line sure. value, or however you want to say it, it's like we've said in the past, it's a spectrum. Of course, it matters very, very much on an NFL side. It matters very, very little on a prop. You can't say it doesn't matter at all, but some of these props, they feather touch. Hundred bucks, yeah. it's gonna move the line. Hundred bucks from one person moves the line. So you, you can't say like, oh man, the the implied probability went from this to this. Like, yeah, some of these auto line movers are set pretty tight hair triggers on these to get them to move. So it, it's it's good. It's never bad to see it move your way. Yeah, but it's not remember, it's not like the certainty you get with a major yeah. market. Do you remember when Kawhi was a spur and he was like on the market for being traded? Yeah. And five dimes was the only like offshore that hung a market on what will his next team be. Yeah. And then like one afternoon with a hundred dollar limits, somebody went in there and hit Phoenix Suns like 10 times. <laughs> and well, it, it, was, went, it went yeah. from it went from 12 to one to minus 300. <laughs> that was, that was and the day there was I opened like, I opened a new bookmaker account that day. <laughs> it was bookmaker, it was bookmaker that did it. No, oh, was it? I thought it was it dimes. Was, it was, it was, it, no, somebody it was, was manipulating at dimes and then betting at higher limits. Yeah, book, bookmaker went from like twenty-eight to sixteen, and well, of course, it however, so. however long it took somebody to refresh the page. <laughs> somebody was. It's just, silly, like uh, yeah, they had they were using a thousand bucks. They manipulated the shit out of that market, um, and people who like are kind of in the media space were like taking screenshots of the five dimes odd screen, and they were like. This looks real. He, Kawhi to the Suns. It's happening. Here we go. You know, like it was, it was, you know, it's, it's a lot, of, a lot of some things will be interpreted that way. And it's wild. And, you know, just be cognizant of that. Um, there are other ones. And again, you know, like my other kind of major read on the draft market in general is some things are coming into, into greater focus big time, especially with that circa odd list. 
odds list because the circa odds yeah. list they went to the trouble of giving you a hundred players so there's way way more of sort of the fabric of the draft now laid out and they're taking thousand dollar limits there and they took a ton of action early man some of those numbers moved big time yeah. and you can just look up and down the card on the opener and you see well who's the sixth quarterback uh looks like trask what's his number they opened it at 77 so then it's like Wait, if a fair over under for Trask is 77, and it's probably not, it's probably something higher than that. So maybe let's put the over there. But it's, let's, let's just say a fair over under for Trask is 77. Then over under on five and a half quarterbacks in the first round, under should be like minus 1,000, maybe least. more. And, you know, we had, you know, we talked to Benjamin last week about the draft, and he gave us that same sort of sentiment as well, which is that like, no, the sixth quarterback is like so clearly and and obviously on an, an on a different stratosphere from a talent standpoint that yeah, no team is going to give up massive amount of draft future draft capital to go up there and get him just for the option of a fifth round because they don't intend to start him. They're going to use him as a backup or a project, which means he's going to go late second, early third. So yeah, you, the the fifth round it gets thrown around, or the fifth year option gets thrown around a lot. And yes, it's exciting on someone who is in that. 25 to 40 range, you know, then it, it becomes like, oh, we could reach for this guy. He's going to go in the first 10 picks tomorrow. Like then it doesn't feel so bad. The trade-off is there. But when a guy legitimately is a third, fourth round talent, there's, you know, there's no reason to reach up for somebody like that. So yeah, I think uh, it might be, it might be a long gap between quarterbacks. Under five like, and a half quarterbacks though. Yeah, get, for sure. Get, get what you can get. Um, you on that. Similarly, the only other one that I think is uh, pretty clearly coming into focus as like a free roll. We talked about the Jamar Chase under six being a free roll, and that yeah. holds. That holds for solid sure. because now it is looking increased. You know, we're at like 50 50 that uh, Chase Sewell goes pick five, you would say. I think yeah, we're, I'd we're say looking it's at coin toss. It's increasingly unlikely that that fourth overall pick is available via trade. Um, especially if it's Lance who slides past the three. I, I still contend that because Lance was a one-year starter in FCS, moving into position to draft him via trade is infinitely riskier, and your job security is that much more under scrutiny if you give up a ton of assets for Lance. That's not to say that he yeah. won't ultimately be a clear top three quarterback out of this class, maybe two. Like that's entirely possible. He may end up being the second best. But the point of the matter is at this moment, if you're a GM and you give up the future for a one year starter in FCS, like you're the clock all of a sudden has started. <laughs> you know, the clock you, you, has started you, you, you on your job. You talked about this um last week. We talked about this off air. You talked about this just a little in the chats too. Like for somebody to make that move, you have to be in such a secure position within your franchise, within your front office, with the owner, the ownership, the whole front office, the coaching staff, like everybody has to be so secure. And that's just not the case for a lot of these teams that could be trading up with the four. Like there's nobody that meets those criteria that could go like, we're going to get Lance. We're moving up to get Lance. Like right. it just doesn't feel like it's happening. Belichick yeah, I'm, the only guy, and that's now a quarterback that's not ready to win now. So why would he do that? Exactly. Like if you're Belichick, you, you wait, see how Mac plays out. Lance might fall in else. your lap. Yeah. There, there's a decent Broncos, chance Lance, Lance could fall. Yeah. Yeah, if 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 it is, in, I couldn't. If you told me that the fourth quarterback doesn't go till the Patriots at pick fifteen, I'm not shocked. 
I could see I could see Lance slide to the Pats at 15 and Jones slide to the Bears at 20. That's a very realistic outcome here. Um, what a coup based- for the Bears. Oh, that wouldn't it be? be? I'm not a big <laughs> Mac Jones guy, but that's geez. that's that works, right? That helps. God, that you know what that you know what sucks about that? What's that? That just just like what if what if Mac wins the competition and plays half decent, yeah, seven and nine season? Yeah. Well, no, no, no. But like, let's say that a <laughs> seven and seven and ten, eight and nine season, like an okay season. Everyone's like, sure. oh, this rookie's pretty good. Like, you're just getting another year of that front office coach combo, of course. And all you did was get another mid round pick, of course. Of course, you but, got a guy but, with the ceiling who's 15 in the league, probably. But, yeah, yeah, but you have some upside, I guess. You'd be like, oh, you know, maybe he takes that second step forward. So yeah, I, I'm with you. Um, okay, so so we talked about how Chase at under six was a free roll. Still feel strongly about that. Yes. Uh, the other major free roll that exists out there right now is over 18 offensive players. You were, are you with me on this? So I played, and I put this on the podcast on Brown Bag Bets the other morning. I played over 17 and a half at minus 190. And then I went back and I was shopping it around a little more. And they had under 14 and a half defensive players for minus 150, which, first of all, that doesn't jive. Like, there's not going to be a first round kicker, punter whatever, a long snapper, what have you. It should just be all offensive, defensive players. You add those two numbers, I'll be at 32, you know. So there's, like, I had to go look. I'm like, is there some dumb comp pick they're counting, or what are we doing here? <laughs> but, so, yeah, look, double-check things like that. Double-check um, correlated reversed markets like that where they have, a, like, over and under 17.5 offensive players and over under 14.5 defensive players are the same market. Yes, they shouldn't they even offer them both. They're they're the same market unless somebody really thinks there's a kicker that's coming. But like go go look at some of that stuff because the 14 and a half under is the same as the 17 and a half over, <laughs> yeah. and it was 40 cents cheaper. So Here's I ended up playing some that, but yeah, I'm 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 down 18 as a play even right now. I think it's a free roll and it's yep. priced close to 50-50. The price has not gotten out of control on this yet, so it's still bettable. Um the and the reason I say it's a free roll is like that um 18. It, the push probability of 18 is big. It could land on 18. I can 100%, you know, I, I can 100% see this happening. We're talking about five quarterbacks are going round one. We're talking about six offensive linemen. We're talking about five wide receivers. That's 16. One tight end. That's 17. There's going to be an 18th player, either a, a seventh offensive lineman, a sixth wide receiver, or a running back. That gets you to 18. Any other surprise beyond that, and you're going to be at 19, and you get a win. Uh, but if you can, you know, I, I don't mind laying the juice on minus seven on 17 and a half if you can find that. Still, it's yeah. harder to find, but um, I do think over 18 is a flat out flat out free roll. Uh, and the even you know what the best part about that's going to be? The first nine picks could be offense. <laughs> well, that, that's the thing. Like, there's a decent chance this cashes by like pick 24. I possible, think there yeah. is. I think there is going to be a defensive run at the end. Yeah. And I, like literally, the last five, six, seven picks could all be defense, and it won't yeah. matter. Like you could have. It, it isn't going to be like waiting for uh, Caesar Ruiz. Who yeah. need, like that last yeah. offensive lineman? Like, all funny. right, who are you getting? I, I couldn't believe it was him first off, but yeah, no, yeah. very, very exciting. The, the because <laughs> I, I, I think this could cash nice and early. Yeah, and even if it doesn't, even if you are sweating it, I got great news for you. Pick thirty-one, 
Kansas City Chiefs, they're going to take a lineman. Pick yeah. 32, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're going to take some skill position player or a lineman. So offense, offense comes off the board at the end of that round. Or somebody trades up into the first round to get one of the amazing wide receivers that's still left. Like that's entirely possible too. Um, in general, we've seen the market is trending up for guys like uh, what's Tony's first name from Florida? Kid Canadian? Kadarius. Kadarius. That sounds right. Yeah. Um, Tony is trending up everywhere I've seen. Um, Farley, cornerback out of Virginia Tech, trending down everywhere I've seen because of the back injury. Um, the the interest some couple other interesting notes there is not consensus on who the fourth <laughs> there's not, I, I, you didn't even spell it right it's T O N E U I <laughs> that's his last name is T O oh really yeah <laughs> yeah no I know but this is the band yeah that's the band the, yeah so it's he's not it's, he's the fourth anniversary anniversary he's the fourth Tony um we've heard pretty solid connections that Steelers are into Najee Harris now. Ben told us about it last week. Other people have been hot on that this week. He's probably your first running back overall, at like pick 24. There may be another running back that sneaks into round one. I've got my eyes on a couple of teams and a couple of notes there. Um, the um, uh, Yeah, a running back is just gravy for this bet. Yeah, it is. This, Every running this, back can is this can cash without a running back. It can. I 100% agree. The um, – the, uh, uh, There's no consensus on who the fourth best wide receiver is. That cuts – positively for the over wide receivers bet because yep. that means that you know some team is going to have you know they're going to have bateman as number four on their wide receiver with a gap between him and number five and he could be their sixth seventh guy on the you know sixth seventh wide receiver to be taken some team could look at that and be like well that's our guy we had him fourth overall we had him as a top 20 pick and here we are at pick 29 we're taking him Right. Like this is best value plus what we need, you know, like that those kind of situations, I think, can open themselves up for uh, for wide receivers in this draft, possibly for DNs too, just because there's not really a consensus on who the best edge rusher is. Um, so there's going to be a decent amount of D linemen that get taken between pick 15 and pick 25. Um, but it doesn't really change my opinion on offensive players overall. There's going to be a yeah. bunch. There's a bunch of legit good offensive linemen in this draft. And, and there's um, teams that have multiple needs that are all at offense where they can go, well, we're just going to take what falls to us, but it's going to be an offensive player, whether they go lineman or skill position. Yeah. Yeah. So over six and a half we offensive won't. linemen, Josh, ah, that's going to be, see, this is so it's a tough one. Quick. This is the thing: is that this is a coin flip. It's yeah, not there's gonna, so many better bets on the board. It's not going to be five, and it's not going to be eight. It's going to be six or seven. So, if you're being asked to lay a price, I would try to attack a different market, like over offensive players. Like this is a great, like great example. You can't get over four and a half wide receivers anymore. That price is that ship has sailed. That price is long gone. Um, but you can still bet offensive players over. And then you capture not just the wide receivers, five or six going, the offensive linemen, six, seven going, but a running running surprise running back gets go, you know, gets picked. So, you know, there are a lot of uh, a lot of ways you can affect value out of that, I think. So that's where yeah, I've that, sure. that that's that's mostly what I've been up to this weekend betting wise. Um so yeah. You want to talk about the market a little bit? Pivot here to our evergreen topic. 
I think so. Yeah, let's uh, get into that because, I mean, it's just something that I've been seeing. I don't know. You see it all the time. A lot of these evergreen topics, we've done closing line value. We've done touts. We've done the affiliate model. Like, it's stuff that gets argued about on Twitter and gambling Twitter a lot. And this is one I've seen a lot lately is the – oh, it's not just the reverse line movement. We'll get into what the actual definition of reverse line movement is, but – People using bet splits saying, oh, the money is, you know, 80% of the money's on this side and 40% of the bets. And people using bet splits and reverse line movement and not only looking at bet splits and where the money is landing, but doing it at certain books where they probably shouldn't be. Um, and then, you know, the, the whole, I think kind of a cousin of that is fishy lines, trap lines you know, uh, Vegas setting an opener where you don't think it should be because, you know, they're just trying to get money on one side, which, I mean, it does happen, but for the most part, I mean, a line is set where it's set for a reason. And usually the reason isn't to, to, to snap you in a trap. So, um, yeah. Oh, they're you not know, trying it, to get me. They're not trying <laughs> to get you specifically. Oh, I mean, there, and there are times that, you know, uh, a bookmaker, a risk manager will take a, Take a position is what we say, I guess, where said, you know, well, we're fine taking all the action we want on the other side of this and just, you know, go ahead. We've got it set at a number where we think it's fine. You can, they can take heavy positions from a lot of people and maybe, you know, they would move it if somebody very specific came in with a big bet, someone where they actually respected their action. But for the most part, I mean, there are times they take positions. I would agree with that. And you know why they can take positions is because they have plus 110. Yeah. They have margin on their side. Margin. They can play with the margin. And that, you know, if you think, um, you know, if, if you if you don't think hard about what the bookmakers are paying to, they're making bets against you. Honestly, they're writing, they're, you know, they write a bet against, you know, they write you a bet. They are betting the opposite side. And they're doing it at a plus one ten, and the yeah, margin. Yeah, they only have to break even at forty seven point six percent. Imagine what you could do if you only had to win forty seven point six percent of your bets. Well, you could let everyone. You could let a bunch of randoms decide what you're betting on every night, anyway, just yeah. like they do. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's that's a good way to put it. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I think fundamentally. Um, yeah, the idea of reading markets and understanding the market is supremely important to being a long-term winner. I would almost say that I prize that skill set over fundamentals of data science, statistical yeah. understanding, and math. Because if you understand how the market works, then you almost don't need the rest. There are people that do that. There are. I mean, <laughs> I've done I don't that know. for long portions of the season where my data wasn't up to snuff, and I was like, ah, fuck it, I still want to bet. And, and I'm talking about NBA. Like, like, okay, fuck it, I'll just like figure out what the market is power rating these teams, and we'll look out for some weird examples where it's high, low, and you know, take those yeah. sides. You know, I've absolutely no, done that. <laughs> there's, there, and I mean, we, without even getting into like, you know, screen cleaners and just steam chasers and people that. They're for sure. They they are not handicapping games. They're not running power numbers. They are looking at one place, 
and then they're looking somewhere else. It moves a little slower, and they just said, well, I know which way the market is heading because this other book is a market-making book, and this book is a horrible offshore or a shitty PPH that doesn't keep up, and I can sit here and bet something 20 cents better every single day, and I'm just going to slowly stack some nickels and make my – I mean, people – there are people that do that. They, they might not even be able to name players on the sport they're betting. I mean, it's, yeah, right. it's a thing. I mean, it's tough as you gotta sit there and stare at the screen. You can't go to the bathroom, Oof. you know, like, you yeah. know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it it's, 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 it's difficult. Yeah. But, yeah. um, yeah, no, I think, you know, realistically it's, it's important to point out <clears throat> that when understanding when the market is moving and why is a little bit of an art. Yeah. But, uh, it does give you, uh, incredible insight in my opinion, at least into, who the market makers have show value on, which you can always reverse engineer. I mean, you've done, we, we have some very, very smart friends in the betting space. And if you see some of these guys rip, you know, rip like a week of just, just face melting wins. Like the, what's one of the first things that you think of when you see that you're like, oh, I kind of think of reverse engineering that like what are they seeing yeah. right right and the same applies to the market in general and you can apply this sort of thinking to the nfl 100 percent, you can apply it like if if a team is consistently getting action when the limits go up and the market is moving in that in their favor for two weeks and they get rewarded and then <clears throat> you see the third week come around and there haven't there hasn't been an adjustment to the power number they open another soft number on a given team you can almost with, I don't want to say with certainty, but with high confidence, high degree of confidence, you can expect whoever market makers really had a read on this team being undervalued is going to go right back to the well in the right circumstance. You know, like let's say, like take 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 away like it's their third week in a row on the road, and and or you know some key player got hurt, right? Like or and or they're coming up against a team that has finally bottomed out and is you know like is finally a buy low. Right. Like there are some extenuating circumstances, but for sure, if you get a good read on the market and, and understand why teams are being bet, being faded and when those moves are happening uh, and try to sort it all out into a reflection of, you know, what a market uh, fair prices are for teams, you're going to be in much better situation long term. All of this is really just a setup to say, if you know nothing but what the current price is, what the old price was, and what the betting percentages are, you are not in an advantage situation to make a, a wager at that time. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because well, not, why? <laughs> well, not on So, like any and anyone who doesn't understand it, maybe. Anyone who doesn't understand the, the term reverse line movement or have, has seen it somewhere on gambling Twitter, somebody spewing it saying like, oh, you know, they'll say, well, I have the, the stats from DraftKings or FanDuel. I don't want to pick on anyone specific, but any any legal book, let's just say they have the stats like uh, Vikings are playing the Bears and it says 80 percent of the money's on the Vikings. 75% of the tickets are on the Vikings. The Vikings often minus three and a half. It's now Vikings minus three. All the money, all these bets, everyone's, let's just say FanDuel. I'm going to say FanDuel just to use one book. Everybody at FanDuel is betting on the Vikings, but the line moved the other way, reverse line movement. And it, and it is goofy because I would think, and we'll get to this, in the long run, 
that reverse move is probably the right move. And if you like more often than not, that was the way to go. No, no, but if you but if you bet it. It was know, it, it was the right move. That, no, yeah, it was. <laughs> you, you, I know you stomped on you stomped yeah, on my, okay, sorry, my go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, So go yeah, that, that was that is the right move, but was you know bears plus you're thinking oh, I should bet bears plus three. No, bears plus three and a half was the move. Like that's the yes. thing. Once you do yes. see something like this, you're being reactive. Like you're yes. being 100 percent reactive to a market. And it and it again, it's no different than the bets being 50-50. And the line moving that way, yeah. like in all reality, the bet splits at a at a retail book in America don't matter. Even if they're one hundred percent true and accurate, can, and you even yeah. if you had even granular nuanced information of account number, bet it this much at this time and this minute moved. It it doesn't help. It, that doesn't inform anything. Like when the number is gone, it is because. The bookmaker decided when the limits are higher on Sunday morning, I only want to be writing bears plus threes. Yep. I, I will not write you a flat three and a half on Sunday because some information came into their orbit that told them that the correct line was three. Right. And it could be they got some imagery information confirmed higher, whatever, or it could have been like, you know, this guy who's been destroying them on bears, bet the bears again, right? Like, you know, there, there, it could be as soft as, well, this guy's on a heater. He bet the bears again. I don't want to write any more three and a half. So like, let's just move it. Or it could be something more meaningful. Like, it, you know, it could be any range of possibilities, but it really doesn't help you make an informed decision on what to bet once the number's already gone. It does. It, it's, yeah. it's totally noise. It's totally noise. Well, and, and truthfully, a lot of these, and again, we won't pick on anyone specific. And I am proud of a couple of these books. They are going to fire up their own risk rooms. But, I mean, there are numerous True. books that are just using a, a line service. Uh, some company, let's say from like Sweden or something. There's books. There are multiple. Uh, you feel like, oh, I got a bunch of different outs. Well, it turns out there's a bunch of the legal books that had been, I mean, especially from the beginning, we're using the same odds provider. So it's like, oh, I'm shopping. Oh, it's these two always have the same price. Well, yeah, they're using the same odds provider. Like it doesn't matter if you shop here or shop there. They're getting their prices from the same people. And those odds providers aren't working with any sort of risk room for the most part. You know, unless unless something in their room is telling them we need to do something. For the most part, they're watching other places to decide where to move numbers. And it is not where a bunch of people from New Jersey are betting into a legal book. That's not what's moving an NFL market because they're not taking. And again, the, you know, the retail books definitely have their place in the market, but they're not taking hundred thousand dollar bets from sharp actors on, on an NFL Sunday and NFL side and then, you know, 15 K on a total. So they are, you know, these, these books are going to move based on action, basically that is getting placed elsewhere. And that's that's fine. That's their prerogative. That's their business model, and it, it works because they know, like, hey, guess what? Um, Bet Chris Pinnacle wherever just got hit hard, and it went and it went and moved. We're moving too. It doesn't yeah. matter how much. Doesn't matter how many bets we have on the other side. We will now give them a better number if they want it because the the money that mattered came in over here, and we have to move it to the Bears. 
Yeah, all all that uh, all that reverse line movement is telling you is that the book will no longer write the correct price, <laughs> or yeah. it will no longer write an advantage price. They've determined blank is an advantage price. We're not going to write that anymore. Now that now that limits are going up, now that we're getting this you know flurry of activity on Sunday morning, and you know everybody's willing you know betting both sides, and you know we hey we found the quote unquote we found the correct price whatever they you know they found the correct price for them and the action that they want to write. That's really what it comes down to, and it's not to say lines don't continue to move through the weekend. You know, sometimes Sunday live movement oh, is sure. wild and crazy, and I can't ever really tell you that I totally understand why things move on Sunday mornings because I've kind of gotten to this point where I feel like anyone who's actually making any any actionable wagers on Sundays is like, God bless them. Like they have yeah. the luckiest coin in the world that they're flipping or something, <laughs> but that's fine. Maybe somebody out there is doing this. Um, some probably is doing this. Somebody very smart is probably doing this, but I, I, I can't wrap my brain around, you know, betting into a closing line for the NFL and given considering how, how efficient the market is and how liquid it is. So that's fine. That's, that's kind of the, uh, the other key point here. Um, they're also, it is also worth kind of pointing out that, uh, a ton of this discussion should be predicated on the size of the market with as with everything, right? Like as with the draft props we were talking about off the top, like those were low limits. Those were small pools. Like one person can have outsized influence if they feel like it. Like that's absolutely real. Uh, similarly, if you're looking at overnight line movement and percentages, what is that telling you? I mean, that's that's. I don't want to use a bad word, but that's the horse hitting the easy, soft numbers. And I mean, that stuff is going to be lopsided. And again, like, oh man, especially take, take something like college basketball. Oh man. Like all the money's on one side. Yeah. It moved four points. Like again, <laughs> you don't, you don't want UNC Greensboro plus eight. You wanted them plus 10 or 12, 11, anywhere in there. Like it's, it's not informing you of something you should do. It's informing you of something you should have done, which is a whole different discussion. We can do a whole different day is like, I don't know have we ever done one on back testing or taking market data and using it and that like, you've done a little with NBA, but I feel like you've just done some cool graphics. I'm not sure if we've really delved foot face first into that and talked about like, because that might be, you know, in your brain, you're sitting here thinking when I say that's not something you should be doing. It's something you should have already done. Yeah. Well, if you can start to take that information, that's, I mean, that's, that's the key here. Take that information, use it to predict things. Yeah. So here's, I guess the best example, like I've the, what I've done, I've, I've tried to do two things in the past with looking at closing line value and market movement and, 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 and synthesizing that into a betting approach. Um, yeah. One thing I tried to do was just say, okay, well, can we find a pattern in what the consistent live moves are like the big ones, like that are not injury related? Like, is there some, you know, is there some preceding information that is going to tell you that, okay, this team is going to catch the action. They're going to move like that sort of, uh, you know, that sort of analysis. And that's, I, I've found nothing there, like absolutely nothing. <laughs> like there, there is no predicting like, oh, well, yeah, it turns out they had I, you know, EPA per play passing this week. Then they get that the next week. No, no, it's, it's nothing like that. There, there literally is, is a, a very weak correlations with any kind of statistical profile you can come up with for that. Um, I think, I think just getting a feel for a market and it's going to be a case where you're going to do something like uh, what I just said, taking that and realizing like, 
um, hey, this team got bet three points against this team. And then you're dealing with two data points, really. They're like, this team got bet. Technically, the other team got faded. It might sure. be it might be 100% one. It might be 100%. It might be any range in between the two. You have to take that. And I think you did, let's say you just take a league with like 30 teams, like a normal one of the professional leagues. Like, I think you do a bunch of stuff like that and you're going to find mostly noise on 28 teams. Yeah. And you're going to find maybe some really short-term signal on one or two teams where it's like, Hey, this team is underpriced a little bit right now. And then you have to look like, and, and again, it turns into the same thing. Did I miss it? Or a team that's been maybe been bet up a few times where you see like they're getting bet up and they probably shouldn't be. Like you're you're gonna find some signal. This was what sucks about diving, delving into some of this data is going through tons and tons of data with the expectation of finding one or two little things and neither of them, you know likely not being like long-term massive edges no. there's no there's no pot at the end of the rainbow like oh should i fought i figured out the nba <laughs> no but thinking about this stuff does help you 100 percent. Oh, and i, oh, I guess yeah, for good, sure the, the so the, i was going to tell you i did two things looking at kind of market movement and trying to like quantify it the first was literally like is there some predictive signal as to when a team is going to start becoming hot in terms of a betting per, like 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 hot from a uh a backing you know the, the market is behind them right or against them. And that was impossible for me to, to truly suss out. Maybe somebody out there smarter than me can figure that out. The other thing that I did, though, which I thought was a lot more helpful and instructive was um, the velocity of the market catching up to a team being better or worse than expected. There are lots of signal for that. Yeah, public <laughs> There are a couple of teams that if they play well once in a big spot, like the market bang upgrade bang downgrade like that there are a couple that are the velocity is high think about uh the dallas cowboys last season it took all of it took all of one upset over the vikings for the market to move like three points on them for thanksgiving day (laughs) like that was instantaneous football it team went, it, it went from but that went that was like a wild one because it, it literally that went from like the cowboys are done it's over they're never gonna win they beat the vikings they're gonna destroy the washington football team destroy. was that washington and then it was houston was it houston lions is that what the other game was? houston lions was the other one yeah yeah those, those were was. actually fun games i was doing a yeah. periscopes we, out in the woods yeah we won but, a lot of money that, on houston that, texans that day that's a that's a good call but i think we did like straight up second half uh I lost track. That was one of my. Yeah, was better. It, it was like, that was what I was pretty drunk on Thanksgiving. That was. It was like a money line, just straight up, like aggressive. Well, yeah, bad. I think I think when we drink, we get aggressive with the second half. So we say like, oh, we're not going to take the plus two here. We're just going to bet them straight up. Yeah. A yeah. lot of times, I think that's actually an advantage in the second half. But yeah, that, that, I mean, that's a good point too. And you think of like Miami a few years back, like you start looking at a market, and especially you talk public sentiment. Public sentiment can mean. Twitter, TV, sure. radio, sure. podcasts, like everyone's like, oh my God, like the biggest, uh, the biggest talking point of the first couple of weeks was like, how big is this spread going to be against Miami? Are we going to get to like four touchdowns? Like ever, you know, I'm <laughs> here on outkick the coverage. We're talking <laughs> Miami, you know, just like everybody was talking about it. It's like, Hey, guess what? Eventually I don't care how shitty this team is. They are going to take this too far. And they yes. did. 
Yeah, of course. And, but by the end of the season, I think they'd won a few games. Yeah, but but specifically to the velocity, think also about what a winner the uh, the. the a uh, John was with us on Thanksgiving. The Hell, late yeah, one, my God, because there was no there was no night game because COVID got canceled. The uh, Steelers Ravens. Oh yeah, we just did a random one. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So we just answered Q and A, and the oil the owls attacked. The um uh the yeah the other point I was gonna bring up. Think back to like San Francisco the first time they played the Rams. You remember like the preceding game? They just looked like absolute dog shit against the Miami Dolphins, mm. and the market downgraded them from a look ahead of minus three to opening plus three and a half. And it was like, there's literally like, there's it's too inelastic. Like that can't be like the true rating for that team cannot be that big of a swing in one week when, uh, you know, the only change from, you know, week to week was, you know, maybe random wide receiver got hurt, you know? So it was, that was, that was another example of where you can tell if the velocity is too high or too slow, uh, you know, a team that, you know, like two years ago, I want to say towards the end of the season, the Titans were bet on every single week, yep. 12, 13, well, tra tractor Cito in the, in the cold, like you tractor Cito in late, the late, 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 late season. You like, can ascribe he, whatever defense, narrative you want. Defenses to. are worn down, Drew, like he's going to run all over them. And that's reality, when I mean, Tannehill was, Tana was playing out of his mind. Tannehill, um, yeah. yeah their, was, their red zone, their red zone percentage was like 200. Yeah. <laughs> percent They scored 42 ridiculous. touchdowns and 28 well, trips. And um, the, the best part, the overs was the play because their secondary had the well, issues yeah, again true. every year. Sure. It's like, man, if if they're going to score every time they get down there and their defense sucks, sure, like, over 49, give it here. Sure. But what, you were, but what you were seeing was, in my opinion, at least a pretty clear uh, signal that somebody out there who was a market maker waiting for the limits to go up, hitting the bejesus out of the Titans every single week because the, the market wide rating on them was about zero. And that person was sitting there looking at there like, nope, it should be two. And every week they opened at zero every, you know, until they adjust this thing to two. I'm going back to the well, going back to the well going back to the well and it was a great it was extremely profitable like the they covered every one of those weeks and i saw i mean there was just there's someone out there who was a market maker who was betting a lot of money on those games and really did quite well um kind of so there are up there are certain teams where the market is resistant it's slow they just we, we can't believe this I, I just can't believe it right new york knicks great example this year it's yep. still happening in the nba people are still a little hesitant to give the Knicks credit, despite all of the proof that you can now find that this is not a fluky run for them. They are a good regular season team. I have given up. I've waved the white flag on this a month ago. Like, you know, the Knicks are a strong regular season team. But, um, you know, a lot of times the, uh, the preseason win total can anchor the market in the wrong place, and it can take a while for it to catch up. That's one time. That's one. That's one. Yeah, sure. It's like da like Dallas you talked about last year too. It's like it was supposed to be. I mean, the the conversation we had about Dallas before the season was you and I arguing which was the better bet: McCarthy to win Coach of the Year or Dallas to be the highest scoring team in the league. Sure. And you know, shit. I remember. That. I mean, injuries injuries obviously played a big part of that, but man, like that defense was worse than anyone could have possibly imagined. We didn't think it was going to be good. No, way, no, Drew. Like we, we, we shit worse. on that defense. It was worse. Yeah, it was even worse. Jalen was should be out of the league. 
and being paid <laughs> like that. My God, like that that defense was so pathetic at times, and and people just still like, oh, I talked myself into Andy Dalton one time, like oh, oh, same here against the Cardinals, and I've got a great yeah. number. That thing closed across, went across zero, and they were not yeah. competitive in that game. <laughs> not competitive at all. Um, the offensive line was a problem with Andy Dalton. It turns out the uh, yeah no the the realistically though. Um, some teams, the market is very quick to react on. A lot of times that has to do with preseason expectation. Um, I can think of another good example in the NBA besides the Knicks. Um, the Toronto Raptors were expected to win 42 games this season. Guess what? It ain't happening. In fact, this, it might is, not like, get there. <laughs> this is like a 400-ish team, turns out. Um, they started out, though, like 2-10 in 10, or something like that, win-loss off the top of my head. And... Um, the minute they had one good performance, though it the market was like, oh, we're in here. Come here comes the regression back to what we expected. And no, they had to lose more. They had to, they, and they lost more on the Raptors until probably about the All Star break, where people kind of finally capitulated and stopped backing the Raptors. It took it, a long fucking time. It makes me think of the Yankees right now, and this is a completely different boat because it's the MLB season where there is you know 162 games a sure. lot lot more room to make up for it yep. we've seen teams do this uh the Nationals were in a deep hole before their run a couple years back but like at a certain point like it's going to flip where the Yankees are the worst team in the AL right now they have the worst record in the AL they're favored to win the AL we are not that deep into the season, but there's there's going to be a tipping point where they're just going to have to they're going to have to move that line a little. Like all right, that we can't have them as favorites anymore. We are. I'm trying. I'm trying to look how deep. Like yeah, we're like fifty. We're we're ten percent through the season. Yeah. So we're we're like ten. It's still. I'm fine with. I'm fine with them. They don't want to. Uh, you know, the, there's 140 games left. The books don't want to get underwater on Yankees tickets. But, I mean, there's some people that are saying, like, this team is kind of a mess. Like, the, there might be a spot to back it the other way. And that's the thing, too. Like, if you think a market is doing this, like, oh, they don't want to take a bunch of Yankees money, be the other side. You know, take somebody else to win the AL. Find a no ticket. You know, there's always some ways to blast around this team and be the up, you know, be the up, be the book, essentially. Do you have a, 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 a lean on who's undervalued in the AL out of curiosity since you're on this example? Oh, I was, I was asking myself this exact question today. I, I kind of like the angels, man. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I don't hate them. I haven't, I haven't watched a ton of baseball. The AL central is a mess. Everybody's decent except maybe the, and the, and even the tigers, the tigers have some, a couple decent starters. And they also got to play Houston when they're after their shots. So, like, that sucked. But, uh, no, I mean, there, there's like three and a half good teams in the AL Central. Tampa's good. Toronto's good. Boston's playing very well right now. But, and then, yeah, like Houston, Oakland, LA, like, it's wide open, the AL. It should be, and this is a good point, like, their starting staff is not good. Like, it, yeah. Cole's very, Cole's very, very good. And if Cole gets roughed up, that's going to, you're going to have a bad week. Like if he doesn't pitch good, you're gonna have a bad week. So I think finding like a no ticket on them maybe is the best way to go. I like backing teams though that have bats and relief pitching, which they do. 
I mean, I think I think ultimately we Can't need buy the pennant correct and unless you're the get, Dodgers. Get the low point. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. That's that's um, what I'm thinking. I think you could take the no and and find a, a an arbitrage eventually. Get it later. Get a better price yeah. later. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Um, okay. Or if they don't, if they, if you don't believe they're improving, just keep your original position. Okay, but I guess back to our sort of our central thesis. Um, you'll hear people say stuff like, "I want to be on the same side as Vegas on this one," and in the absolute best, let's say you have the best case scenario, and you are at the window right before they move the number, and you know they're going to because the guy that just walked up and to make his bets. Every time he makes a bet, they move the number. So you know they're about to. And you hear him call out the, he calls out this team, but he can't come up with the rotation number. And he's, you know, sitting there and you get your bet in, in that interim. And you know you're going to get, you're going to be on his side, right? It's still not an advantage play to the tune of what the book is doing because you are still paying minus 110. Right. So even yeah. if you think you are on the same side as Vegas and at the same, ultimately at the same uh, widely available line, you are not on at the same price. You are almost certainly, whatever the hold is, farther, <laughs> farther away. Um, so I think. The, the conception that they don't build hotels in the desert for nothing and Vegas always wins and Vegas knows and all of that stuff is very convenient um, narrative nonsense. Uh, and aligning yourself with Vegas perfectly is impossible because you're almost always betting into minus 110 while they're betting into plus 110. Yeah, you don't get, you don't get that same advantage. It's, Again, yeah. If uh, if we got to bet in the plus one ten all the time, I probably would. Just so let's do that more. So let's take this to the next level then. So what's the point? Why do they produce those numbers? Why do people talk about it? I can think of one reason. It's 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 just <laughs> easy media. Well, it's easy media to come up with. It's like easy it's, media to come up with, and it yeah. incentivizes people who otherwise might not make a bet to make a bet. Like there is an enormous um, economy. There is an economy centered around providing people whatever cognitive bias, whatever synapse-solving piece they need to go make that bet. Like that's the whole point. Like they want volume. They want a. They want the action. They want to write the action because they're writing it at plus one ten. <laughs> and so anything that they can put in front of you, be it stats, be it trends be it percentages of the betting public that they have uh, that they have accrued for a given sporting event is all designed and put in front of you and reported on and talked about to entice you to go make a bet one way or the other. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's where we're at. <laughs> it's, and it works. It's it works great. It does work. And you know what else? What in the same spirit? Um, when you when it's Super Bowl week and they're like, or March Madness week and they're like, our biggest action is 500k on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Our biggest action is 100k on the Chiefs. Right? That also, it's not that's not dis, that's not put out there in the world 
designed to get you to place a bet when you wouldn't have otherwise. That is to anchor you on, well, what's a reasonable bet size? Well, this guy's betting 500,000. This guy's betting, I can't bet that much, but you know, what's the point of betting 50? Like, what's the, you know, I, I'm comfortable betting 50 or 100, but like, you know, it, it, it bleeds into your brain that, like, oh no, uh, staking should be big numbers, right? And or, and or FOMO, like, like the parlay stuff. It's a FOMO trick. Someone telling you that, hey, this guy hit a lottery ticket parlay that was 15 legs that $20 pays a million. <laughs> that is a FOMO trick. That is a, it is specifically designed and reported in a way that gets you, the player, to decide to play a bunch of parlays because, well, I want, I, I, I'm, I'm good at this, but I'm just as good as this nobody. Uh, I have a good feeling. I, and I, oh, shoot, man. I remember that one time I went 10 and 0 that one day. Like I should have parlayed him. Right, like that. All of that stuff is is um, you know is psyops, really. And at this, in the same breath, like, do I care that they're out there doing that and reporting it? Not really. Uh, I no, find I mean, it. it, it I find it, is, it kind it, of interesting. <laughs> I listen to that sort of stuff. I mean, you know, it is. It I, is. We're, we're. It's where the space is right now. Like, hey, guess what? We have a we have a sports book sponsor. <laughs> yes, that's like, true. That's where we're at. It's a legal book. We we encourage you to bet there, and we For hope sure. you do it wise. You know, we do hope you do it wisely. But you know, those. I mean, it, it's the availability bias, like <clears throat> or availability, however you want to put it, the like, heuristic. Oh uh, yeah, availability heuristic. I think it's like uh, when you hear about a shark attack on the on the news, like people that's that's exciting. That's going to make the news. Where was it? They're not going to. Well, just no. I'm just saying, I'm like, if, well, you'd live next to the beach. I worry about you. I saw is, a like, baby shark yesterday, out in the oh, like yeah. in the song. But anyway, shark. back back to the shark thing. Like, do, 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 when do, when do. when you watch the news, or let's say it's not even like your evening news. It's like some you know blockbuster thing, and like, oh, you got to watch this online video of the shark. Like, they don't do this. A shark attack in, you know, off the coast of Long Beach takes down Drew Denzik and, you know, his legs and badges in surgery right now. Like, that doesn't happen. After, you know, after they do that, they're not going to say, hey, and, you know, this happened, but we're going to let you know the odds of being attacked by a shark are one in, you know, 642 million or whatever <laughs> it is. You know, they don't, they don't, there's no reason to announce that. There's, why would, you know, why would you do that? And the same thing, you know, to an even greater extent when they put out this, Hey, here's this guy's parlay that he hit. They're not going to announce. Yeah. Like <laughs> how much money he won 40 grand, but we made $600,000 on parlays this week, just like that. And his 40 grand doesn't matter to us. Dude, like you, know you know what? You're never going to, you you're never going to see that. Yeah. Thank you for saying this. Cause you totally reminded me of another key point here, which is that another reason that they a book might be willing to take lopsided action on a given NFL game instead of instead of moving the number, micro moving it, micro moving the price, they get 50-50 balanced action. Another reason that they might have lopsided action is because they don't really care about one contest when their hold on a given weekend is 20% because so many people have teasers and parlays. Yeah. In. And that like like that margin of error that you have as a bookmaker when you are getting NFL college football teaser and parlay action is massive it's massive they don't have to be the pinnacles of the world and have the price correct to the third decimal like they can 100 percent deal with the margin of error and just 
kind of keep in line with the market overall and just know that at the end of the day, we're going to get all this parlay action and that's going to make us whole. So cool. Like that's why in a given NFL season of 17 weeks now to be soon to be 18 weeks, they can have 16 straight winning weeks or 16 out of 17 winning weeks. Like that's that, that it simply comes down to, uh, you know, people in the marketplace will bet into minus EV teasers and minus EV parlays. Uh, at a clip that is, um, you know, that's that's beneficial to be a sports book, really. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, if if you want to win long term, you should not be following reverse line movement. Uh, and if you don't have the time, patience, interest in understanding the market to the level where you can make plus EV wagers, however you want to do that, either originating or just, you know, being a savvy player, um, then your best bet making money in this space is go work for the sports book. That was a depressing ending. <laughs> They're hiring though. I know somebody who got hired by DraftKings. Of course they are, man. I and mean, that's exciting. Honestly, it's exciting that the space is growing. It's exciting yeah. that, you know, that we, and I'm, I'm optimistic that ultimately this is going to be a really, um, you know, a really strong, you know, little economy, honestly. I mean, it's there's so much innovation. Some there's a lot of competition. Ultimately, that tends to uh, result in very um, it's advantageous for the players, especially if you're if you're like us. Or if, and I'll speak for myself because I don't know what Andy's motivations are necessarily. But at the end of the day, realistically, I'm not trying to get rich doing this. I would just like to be paid a small amount to also be entertained. <laughs> Yeah, I'd like. Ultimately, I'd like to. Yeah, I said that two years ago. Yeah, right. I'd like to not pay to be entertained at the level that you are entertained when you have a sports bet on an NFL game, an NBA game, a tennis match, you name it. Uh, yeah, I said that two years ago. I said I would just n- like to. I'm I'm not ever going to be like a an AP betting max betting across everything. I would just love to never make a deposit again. I want to, I want to never deposit. Like if I'm depositing, it's because I have a new out and I've taken money from somewhere else. Yeah. I would just love to never, ever, ever make a deposit into a book again, have my bankroll at least level. Just, just stay, just stay in slightly above water. Yeah. But getting getting rich would be nice too. Patrick. What was this one? Looking forward to starting at DK Arizona. Yeah. I feel bad for, I don't, I I wish I knew this guy's name because I always feel bad calling him abnormally distributed. We should talk to you. He's a smart guy. The thing thing is like, I used to think he was a smart guy, but not getting any closing line value on those golf lines. (laughs) (laughs) Yikes! Yikes! <laughs> he could have at least told Not, me he was he was max betting against Horsefield and Horsey. NGMI, buddy. NGMI, abnormal. If, Not gonna make it. Yeah, before I made a good Horsey joke, like I didn't know those were your biggest fades. I'm not betting into the. Look at that. That's, oh, that's a nice normal Robert. name. Yeah, call him Rob. Rob. All right. Well. Regardless, I almost I almost went and slept on uh, Patrick. If you I almost went and slept rich. on his couch or uh, on his floor uh, in let's... Colorado. Remember, he was offering that. Oh, really? He need, oh, yeah. he needed runners for the Super Bowl. He's like, oh, he's sleeping right. my floor. I'm like, that'd be a see what, wife, wife, see what the wife would say about that. Um, getting rich would be nice too. Yeah, Just buy the dip this week. I mean, I think we think that's probably that's probably going to get you rich a lot faster than betting on sports is going to get you rich. Ride, ride Doge up to 69 cents tomorrow. If that Today. happens, I fucking quit. 
<laughs> I cannot. No, those, the do, those chart makes me want to freaking throw my computer off out the window. I okay. haven't been shorting it, but it is. It's a first story window, at least. Truly insane. It is truly insane. And the Bitcoin price action this weekend was also fucking insane, but it shook out so much leverage and washed out so many weak hands. And I think. It's going to be a rough next couple of days as we oscillate wildly between 53 and 55. Um, but by the end of this week, I think, uh, you know, put your rocket booster on. If, if, if funding is still low, uh, if open interest is, rel you know, is, is several billion less than it was last week, um, you know, buckle the fuck up because uh <laughs> it's gonna be a fun ride i don't think we could ever close a show without a little bit of drew's greeting <laughs> opium it's just it's just part of part of the life opium yeah. so let's go yeah let's go bitcoin let's go cope let's go radium let's go solana fuck dogecoin andy you know, pamp in his bags <laughs> let's just like these are the things that would be cool if they went up i'm constantly cheering for tether to get to two dollars i don't think that's happening <laughs> Someday. It's not going to go down, though. <clears throat> I'm level. I'm level on Tether. So. All right. <laughs> let's call it a day. We'll be back. More draft talk. We'll do a whole shitload of draft stuff on Wednesday cool. and to go from there. All right. Take it easy, buddy. Two. I was listening to somebody say he was trying to talk about like when Tether is a little over a dollar or a little under a dollar, it is a bearish or bullish sign. I don't totally huh. understand it, but uh, you know, it's never at exactly one dollar. You know, do you know this music that's playing right now is actually under copyright somehow again? Or YouTube, YouTube saying um, this, it's called Supermarket Bossa Nova, and they're saying we're 